presented by XFL2K.com with your host, Tron Hawkins. Welcome to This is the XFL Podcast. I am your host, Tron Hawkins. We are sponsored by XFL2K.com. Go check them out. Uh, the best XFL2K, I'm sorry, the best XFL news website and probably future XFL2K website uh, around. He, I mean, he instantly puts up stories as soon as they released. Most of the time, he instantly puts up my podcast as soon as he gets done editing it. Uh, I appreciate him. We're a good team. And he is probably the best business partner a guy could ask for. Big of XFL2K, the ref. He is very, very, very happy with who his hometown, Houston, has as a XFL coach. And that is the one and only June Jones. He was so excited. He decided to go down there himself to the press conference. And he actually put some notes up on the website. Again, check it out. XFL2K.com. Janice Burke, uh, the CEO of the Houston Sports Authority, actually kicked it off by questioning whether she should say aloha or howdy. Everybody, including him, was wearing, wearing lays. I thought it was kind of cheesy, but I get it. I got it. He introduced Michael Cooper, the president, the new president of Houston. He stated that his goals are to build an organization that is indis- indispensable to the community. He plans on contributing to Houston's economy by creating more jobs and hiring the best people within the city. Again, a lot of people, I don't think, thought about this. This XFL league is not only giving players jobs and coaches, but people around the community. You know, you got ticket vendors and the popcorn guy and just the stadium and field people. I mean, a lot of people are getting jobs from this. After all that, um, Luck took the stage and gave his usual business updates, you know, praise and investment man. I could pretty much word for word do it now after uh, eight of these. Actually, a little bit more if you count the the city reveal. He spoke on partnership spirit with Elevate Tickets. Um, He discussed the broadcast partnering schedule, ABC, ESPN, and Fox, Fox Sports 1. Um, He also um, talked about the Summer Showcase, which is the twist on the combine. An event will take place in all eight markets. Coaches and scouts will be on site. Former NFL players, top free agents are invited. College players will not lose college eligibility for attending. Update on my Twitter, I put, uh, I thought it was open tryouts, and I apologize to the players that I misinformed, but I'm not going to leave you out in the cold. The players that inbox me talking about their resumes and stuff, I enjoyed talking to y'all, some of the best young men anybody can talk to. After this episode, we'll be ranking the coaches, and then next episode after that, I'm going to do a XFL podcast summer showcase. I'm going to talk about all these players in my inbox. There's like 30 of them. It might be the longest episode I ever did, but I'm going to do it because I promised these guys. Even though they're not going to the summer showcase, these guys need attention and they need attention from not only the XFL, but from the fans. Maybe not get a job in the XFL if they can't. Arena League somewhere. These young men are some of the nicest young men I've ever talked to. They just want an opportunity, and I'm going to be the guy that gives them the opportunity. So the XFL podcast Summer Showcase will be in the uh, third episode of this coming up uh, set of four. And in the fourth episode, I'm going to be talking about some more uh, hidden diamonds, thanks to uh, NFLDraftDiamonds.com. Look, then turning attention to the man of the hour, the new XFL coach, June Jones. I have a feeling I'm going to end up saying Jim Jones, which is a cult leader. So if I say that, oops. <laughs> um, his coaching career spanned over three decades. Played quarterback for five years for the Atlanta Falcons and the Toronto Argonauts. Joined the Falcons as an undrafted free agent. That's my team out of Portland State. Um, he led the nation in passing and total offense for Portland State University. His coach career included two shops in Houston, one for the Houston Gamblers and one for the quarterback coach for the Houston Oilers. Uh, he was head coach for SMU, Hawaii, San Diego, Atlanta, Falcons, and most recently the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's uh, he's another coach that's left. Um, you know, Glanville's left. Uh, he's left. 
Chessmen left. I'm sure there's some more um, little coaches I forget about. Defensive coordinators. I apologize. Canada. Canada's better be, you know, shaking shaking in their shoes. Um, then he officially announced June Jones as head coach general manager and brought him out to the stage. Jones came out donning a lay in a Hawaiian shirt. Um, the XFL, like I said, was handing out the lays prior to the event. Uh, and only two people accepted it. That was Expo 2K and another guy. <laughs> He's very happy to be back in the city of Houston and complimented the facility and the upgrades they made since he was last in town. You know, that's the only college stadium in the in the bunch of eight, but I think it's a really, really nice stadium, and I can't wait to see it on TV uh, come next year. He also spoke about both Gilbride and Tressman. Uh, again, Gilbride replaced June Jones at one of the um, at one of his coaching stops. I can't remember which one he said. And Tressman, of course, he went against... Uh, in the NFL and as a player and in the CFL as a coach. When asked why he made the jump from the CFL to the XFL, he said it was hard a decision for him to make. He loved his time in Canada, did the play style, and he thinks they have a similar game play in the new XFL. I'll talk about this in my coaching rankings. I have Tressman and Jones both high simply because their time in the CFL. A lot of these rules are not the same, but they're similar. Um, it's four-down football here in the XFL. But they're similar, and the and the upbeat tempo is kind of the same. Um, I have both Chessman and Jones very high, and we'll we'll see that next week. He said he coached a lot of different places, but it's special to be back where he started in Houston. Jones said that he watched ESPN's 30 for 30 uh, on the original XFL. He knew when he saw Vince speak at the end that the league would be coming back and that Vince would make it work this time around. That's why Vince is forking over the money. He was asked if he would take the same run-and-shoot approach to offense in his new role. He responded by saying that he had an awesome chance to spend time with Bill Walsh in Hawaii, and he helped him tweak his style. He also spoke about his tempo and how he likes to keep everything upbeat. Um, he ended the event by thanking McMahon, the XFL, and everyone in attendance. You can view the pictures on XFL2K.com that he took himself on a photography. Not only can he edit and run a website, he can take some good pictures, too. So let's go into a little bit more detail about June Jones. Um, he played quarterback, like I said, uh, on three college teams, Oregon from 71 to 72, Hawaii, 73-74, and Portland State, 75-76. It was in this time at Portland State. He was introduced to the run-and-shoot offense by says Mouse Davis. <laughs> it would be an offense that he later championed throughout his coaching career. His two seasons at Portland State resulted in uh, 57, I'm sorry, 5,798 yards, or 5,798 yards, 50 touchdowns, and 20 picks. He became the first quarterback to get the run-and-shoot legitimacy as a quarterback-friendly offense. In the years prior, Portland State very rarely had success throwing the ball. In 1975, he threw for 2,280 yards, 25 touchdowns, 10 picks. In the next season, the same picks, but for this time for 3,518 yards. Thereafter, he entered professional football, playing for the Falcons from 77 to 81, and the Argonauts of the Canadian Football League. In four seasons, Falcons Jones completed just 75 or 166 passes for 923 yards, three touchdowns, and seven picks. He didn't have a great pro career, but his his coaching coaching career is uh, where he kind of strived in. In 83, Jones started his coach career as a graduate assistant under Dick Tommy at the University of Hawaii. He then spent two years in the USFL, first as a wide receivers coach for the Houston Gamblers, so he's back in Houston, then an offensive coordinator for the Denver Gold in 85. Following the demise of the USFL, uh, which I'll do a podcast on later at a later date, um, I had people excited for it on Twitter, Jones spent the 1986 season working as an offensive assistant for the Ottawa Rough Riders in the C- of the CFL. In 1987, he got his first NFL coaching position as quarterback coach on Jerry Glanville's staff with the Houston Oilers. It's crazy how they're going to cross paths again, kind of, in the XFL. Pretty excited about that Tampa versus Houston matchup. After Glanville was released by the Oilers, uh, he would join the Detroit Lions coaching staff upon the recommendation of Miles Davis, his college coach at Portland State, who was serving as the team's offensive coordinator. 
Jones reunited with Glanville upon returning uh, upon joining the Atlanta Falcons organization in 1991 as its assistant head coach. In 94, uh, Jones replaced Glanville as a team's head coach, a move that caused a rift between the two. Reportedly, they didn't speak to each other for several years thereafter. That's why I'm kind of excited about that Tampa Houston game. Not only that, but you got Chessman against Jones, which would be a just a spectacular offensive matchup. A lot of all these is going to be off, a great offensive matchup. I'm excited. Uh, it says later in 2000, Jones would hire Glenville as the offensive coordinator in Hawaii, so they made up. As head coach Jones, inst- and Jones installed the run-and-shoot offense he landed under uh, Mouse Davis. Initially, quarterback Jeff George flourished under the system, uh, passing for 3,734 yards and 23 touchdowns in Jones' first year, and 4,143 yards and 24 touchdowns his second year. In 95, Jones' second season as head coach, the Falcons went to the playoffs, losing to the, in the first round to the Packers. The following year, the Falcons posted a 3-13 record, leading to Jones' dismissal. Jones' coaching record over three seasons was 19 wins and 29 losses. He also clashed with quarterback Jeff George in the final season, a well, including a well-publicized and widely broadcast profanity-laced shouting match during the September 23rd game against the Eagles. The few contributed to both men's released by the organization. Jones returned to coaching when the San Diego Chargers hired him as a um, quarterback's coach under Kevin Gilbride, so there's another thing that crossed paths. On January 20, 20th, 1998, on October 13, 1998, head coach Gilbride was fired after the sixth game and Jones became head coach. Again, cross pass. Uh, the Chargers won three of ten games coached by Jones, giving him a career NFL coaching record of 22-36. and 36. Jones joined the University of Hawaii Manoa football team as head coach, replacing Fred Von Appen, who was fired when the team lost 18 games in a row, including all 12 games in the 98 season. Jones led the Warriors to a 9-4 record and a share of the WAC Conference football championship in the 99 season, making it the most dramatic turnaround in NCAA football history. This is when Jones, I think, got more famous for that. He was more famous for his Hawaii career than he was anything in the NFL. That's when I started taking notice of him. My dad was like, yeah, he's coached the Falcons. I was like, well, what happened to him? Why is he not still coaching the Falcons? With Jones' success on the field and media-friendly personality uh, off the field, he instantly became one of the most famous people in Hawaii, with some people making June Jones for governor t-shirts. Reflecting his offensive philosophy, bumper stickers supporting the slogan, June would throw, appeared. These reference legendary Hawaiian lifeguard Eddie Akua, who said Eddie would go into the big surf. Join more of KHON-TV in Honolulu, Hawaii, faulted Jones for discarding long-standing traditions, just to change the music playing during home games and the change in the uniforms and team nickname during his tenure. During his tenure at Hawaii, he coached five All-Americans, 52 All-Conference performers, and 16 draft picks. 16 draft picks... Come from Hawaii, you know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 weird now. Hawaii is not as good as they was under him anymore. Anyway, particularly Jones claims to have made a special effort to recruit local talent and his players and coaching staff. One of the most notable recruits was Tom, quarterback Timmy Chang, who became the all time NCAA leader in passing yards. Jones was injured in a car accident on February 22, 2001, missing the spring season because of his injuries. Jones negotiated a contract worth 800. Thousand and sixteen dollars during the 2004 season, which made him the highest paid public employee of, in the state, even though the team was struggling at the time. They finished with a 7-5 and five regular season record and the invitation to the Hawaii Bowl, which they always go to. Half of the $800,000 salary was paid by private donors. On December 24, 2006, Jones passed Dick Tommy to become the winningest coach in Hawaiian football history against an all-college schedule with a 41-24 record over Arizona State. I'm oh, sorry, 41-24 score over Arizona State in the 2006 Hawaii Bowl, which they always go to. 
Bush started with what he viewed as a lack of support from the university. Jones opted to leave Hawaii at the end of the 2007 season after initial reports had him interviewing at SMU. Hawaii officials had off, had offers to raise his salary from 800000 a year to $1.7 million a year and offered a commitment to improve its facilities. In addition, there was an outpouring of support from Hawaii fans, including Governor Linda Lingle. However, Jones contacted Hawaii on January 7, 2008 and let them know he decided to accept the offer from SMU. Jones said the work that needed to be done to improve the facilities and the campus in general would never be done while he was still there. What he was saying was is they pay him too much money, the school wasn't going to get fixed. I mean, so they he had to do something. He, he kind of, I mean, he's probably leaving anyways, but the way he made it was he was sacrificing him coaching there to make the school better. In a press conference at the Hall of Champions adjacent to the Gerald J. Ford Stadium on January 7, 2008, um, Jones was introduced as the new football head coach at Southern Methodist University. He was the school's fifth coach since the death penalty in 1987. Jones signed a five-year contract with SMU, paying him $2 million annually. So he made a big increase. He, he got a big raise. And making him the highest-paid coach in Conference USA, he guided the SMU Mustang to a 1-11 record in 2008. He got paid mm, $2 million per win. So one win. So on November 28, 2009, Jones coached SMU to win a, a – uh, to a win over Tulane, ending the regular season with a 7-5 record. That's improved. Um, the most SMU victories in the season since the 1980s. The 2009 season included a win over defending and eventual repeat Conference USA champion East Carolina. The 2009 season also saw Jones utilize the ground game more than in recent seasons. Jones has, has led SMU to its third bowl eligible season and its first bowl game, <laughs> the Hawaii Bowl. Since 1984, Aloha Bowl and the NCAA, and the NCAA imposed death penalty. Um, SMU ended up defeating Nevada 45-10 to to finish the season 8-5. As in 1999, Jones coached his team to the most improved record in Division I football. In 2010, uh, Jones coached the Mustangs to a 500 season. The Mustangs went 7-7 with a conference record of 6-2. So, I mean, he, they murdered the conference. Uh, helping them clinch the Conference USA Western title. The team beat the previous year's champion, Eastern Carolina, in overtime in the final regular season game, but lost the Conference USA Championship in Orlando, UCF, the next week. Jones and the Mustangs went to the second consecutive bowl game, the Armed Forces Bowl, and lost to Army 16-14. The game was actually played at SMU Stadium because the game's, cause that's the game's normal venue. And, um, oh, I'm sorry, because the game's normal venue, Texas Christian University's Amon G. Carter Stadium was undergoing renovation. They had a home game and a bowl game and lost. I mean, that hardly ever happens. That happened. That hardly ever happens in general. But, you know, you don't see a lot of teams get a home game for a bowl game. They try to stay away from that. On September 8, 2014, Jones stepped down as head coach of the Mustangs, citing personal reasons. Jones led the Mustangs to four straight bowl appearances before finishing 5-7 and seven in the school's first season as a member of the AAC and starting the season 2014 season 0-2 Losing the combined record in those games, eighty-eight to six, they got just beat forty-four to three on average in both those games. While at SMU, he was perfectly questioned about the number of non-native Texas players on the team, with the lack of recruiting that was happening. I mean, to be fair though, when you have TCU, Texas, Texas A&M, I mean, it's gonna be kind of hard to recruit good Texas players with those around. Just being honest. After interviewing for a vacant job at Hawaii, uh, Jones was hired office coordinator at Capella High School in January 2006. In December 2006, I mean, two, I'm sorry, January 2016, 
In December 2016, Jones was named athletic director of the St. Louis School, and the door was left open for him to step into the football coach job if it opened. On August 2, 2017, the Hamilton Tiger Cats hired Jones as an assistant coach. His hiring came after the team lost their first five regular season games of the season, the last of which was a blowout 60-1 to that happened. August 24, 2017, the Tiger Cats named Jones their new head coach after Kent Austin stepped down to focus on his duties as vice president of football operations. The Hamilton Tiger Cats were 0-8 at the time Jones was appointed the head coach. Jones quickly became embroiled in controversy when he attempted to hire his longtime friend and former Baylor University coach Art Browse as an assistant. Browse had been fired from Baylor for his actions and connection to a major sexual assault scandal at the school. Following a media storm, the team reversed the decision to hire Browse. After taking over, Jones led the Tiger Cats' respectable 6-4 record for the remainder of the 2017 season. Because of this, the Tiger Cats we remove the interim tag and retain Jones as the head coach for the next three seasons. After eight and ten season in 2018, which included a playoff berth that happens in Canada, you can go eight and ten, make playoffs. Jones agreed to step aside for the highly sought after Orlando uh, Orlando Stoner take over as head coach moving forward. Jones initially intended to stay as an assistant coach, but he left an offensive coordinator. But he left May 13, 2019. Uh, his record in CFL was 15 and 15. He left. Because seven days later, uh, he was named the coach of the Houston franchise. It says his coaching style, as a collegiate coach, he rarely run the ball, favoring a wide-open, pass-heavy, run-and-shoot offense. But he ran the ball later on in his career. I think the XFL, though, he's going to throw the ball. I mean, that, he already said in a video on XFL social media that he is going to um, throw the ball a lot. And I think if he got a Johnny Menzel or something like that that can throw the ball a lot, or even scramble that he, him and Bob Stoops, them two is going to be running the West Division in the XFL for a very, very long time to come, I like to think. I know, like I said, Expo 2K is very happy about this hire. It's kind of the sexy pick that he wanted, I think, for Houston. Um, the best might have been for last. We will see. Um, we'll talk about my rankings next week. Check out Expo2K.com's rankings on Expo2K's YouTube page. Check out all my past uh, podcasts on there as well. Check out XFL Board. And check me out on Facebook and Twitter at XFL Podcast. Thank you for joining me for this episode. Like I said, I got some good stuff planned out. And uh, I'm ready for this summer. And I'm ready for the fall and the draft and everything. I'm going to be with you all every step of the way. And good night.